Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of iCast Fireball, an actual play 5e D&D adventure where we go through the campaign, Tyranny of Dragons. I'm Thomas, your DM for this adventure, and around the table we have... Malamara, Lance Thalen, and Fleeple. Last we left our adventurers, they were left dealing with the fallout of Mal's decision to kill the gith they had captured when they were ambushed in the forest. Quickly being rushed out of Candlekeep proper through the Emerald Doors, the Jank Squad obtained some privacy in an upper room in the local tavern, The Hearth. Malamara had some shocking revelations about where her powers have come from, including who her patron is. Feeling overwhelmed from her revelations, she excused herself while Lance and Fleeple exchanged information with Leelson. And, having purchased a few items from the distant magic shop, the Illusory Illusion, they settled down for a few days so Leelson could make proper introductions to some of his colleagues. And that is where we join our adventurers today. So, as Leelson had mentioned to you, it has been a... it will be a few days before the next introduction he wanted to make for you, the Jinx Squad will arrive at Candlekeep. So, there's a few things that we need to resolve. First and foremost, everybody's got their magic items from last session, but after a good day, uh, all of you are in the hearth and just sitting around, and a very young and awkward uh, human boy runs into the hearth uh, with his robes being a little bit looser than they're supposed to be. And he walks up to the barkeep and goes, uh, yes, is uh, the jank squad here? I have uh, some uh, items for them. Uh, if we, uh, you could point me in the right direction. And as all of you are downstairs, Mal, you nursing a mug, but having made it out of the room, uh, at least for a little bit to join Lance and Fleeple. All three of you are at one of the tables and the barkeep oh yes they're right over there the corner you can see them with the bright yellow scarf which i find rather fetching and then you got the the uh, and so after a good 30 seconds of explanation the young man comes over uh, y- yes are you are you the jank squad uh, we've been known to be called that in the past Oh, well, I I have um, <clears throat> some items here for you from, uh, recently you gave a beholder over to the Candlekeep, is that, that, does that sound right? Uh, yes, that does in fact sound right. It's, it's odd to hear it said back in that way, but that is what happened. Oh, well, um, something uh, a little odd happened, um, when... <laughs> When um, they the beholder was killed and was harvested for parts, um, they they were able to grab uh, most of his uh, parts they needed, but there were some Id- items that popped out, and um, the keep felt that it was only necessary to give them to you. You bringing the well here? How about I just? He reaches into his bag, which seems pretty much empty. And it's very odd. The items he pulls out, he doesn't actually hold them. They they hover over his hands like a few inches, and all of them are two-dimensional and start just spinning over his hands as he sets them down on at the table. He goes, yes, it's very weird um, that they're not actual... Um, I uh, You can tell they're two-dimensional. I think that's because you guys were in a different plane. 
of existence here where but um if you actually grab one and he grabs uh one of the bottles that's spinning with some like gold liquid and as he grabs it into his hand fully it becomes three-dimensional and it's it's a potion he goes yeah very very peculiar and he sets it back on the table and it goes two-dimensional and he goes so these are all yours from the recent (laughs) excuse me from the recent transaction you you made with uh the candle keep and so there are one two three four five six seven items on this table for you wow um from the beholder being defeated and two of them are potions and he he goes through and he describes each of them for you so you want to get some pen and paper down here so one of them this one i just picked up is a potion of longevity basically uh, not, not, there's not a whole use for it unless, um, uh, you, you need to be younger than you are. Um, it's a permanent, uh, youth, youth potion, actually. So, uh, if you take it, um, you become younger in years and your body, uh, rolls back the clock a few years. But there is, there is the possibility that you roll forward in years as well, but it's, I've heard it's quite slight. So, uh, this is a potion of longevity. Um, this one is kind of gross, and it's this very, like, gr- uh, gray-brownish liquid with a toenail in it. Uh, this is a potion of stone giant strength, <sighs> and, um, just makes you really strong, like a giant. Anyway, oh, oh, I like this one, and I, I was told I couldn't keep it, so... One of them is this triangular prism, where when he grabs it, um, he doesn't actually quite grab it. As he grabs it, it floats above his hand, but three-dimensionally starts to float around as well, and he goes, ah, this one's uh, quite unique. It's uh, an, an Iune stone, and it's got some reserve properties to it. Basically, you can reserve uh, um, spells in here, and whoever is attuned to it can cast those spells. Um, there is one spell currently in here already um, that you can cast. Do you know what spell that is? Oh, it's just the spell Fireball. So you can cast fireball if you really want to. Well, I mean, Fleetwell, you can already have a fireball in your hands, like just like that. Oh, this is a different kind of fireball. Yes, it's quite it's quite destructive. Um, we've lost a couple of wings of our library as a result of it. Anyway, um, this one, and as he grasps this one, it becomes three-dimensional and lance. It's immediately recognizable as a short sword, but this short sword to really all of you, um, the hilt instead of the pommel at the very end has a tooth jutting out of it, a small tooth, and the hilt itself or the cross guard is made of bone. He goes, uh, this is a dragon slayer short sword here, which dragon slayers, any sort of weapon, uh, does an extra 3d8, I believe. It might be 3d6 damage to any dragonoid types, including... Cobalts, I believe, since they are technically draconic. Uh, this one, I don't know if any of you are going to take uh, the benefit from this. There's an instrument of the bards, uh, Clylire, I believe that's what it's called. This one, if none of you are of the bardic persuasion, you can't use it. It has to be attuned by a bard, but maybe if, if you get a friend or if one of you wants to branch out there. There is a sentinel shield. Uh, which, when you hold the shield and wield it, you have advantage on initiative and perception checks. Then finally, there's a figure of wondrous power. 
And this figure is in the shape of a dog. It's an onyx statue of a dog. When you activate this, for six hours, a, a large dog pops out with an intelligence of eight and can speak common and seeing dark vision for up to 60 feet. Yes, I, uh, yes, um, if you could just sign here, uh, uh, acknowledging that these were delivered to you specifically, and he slides a piece of paper over. I'll take the piece of paper, um, and I will say, well, thank you. How old is this kid? Oh, he's just a teenager. Okay, um, I'll say thank you so, so much, young man. That was, you did a very stellar job delivering these items. They're very powerful, and that was very kind of you to... Just deliver them straight. You're a very good messenger. Um, if we could, I'm going to review this paper over here. Just make sure I have all the, you know, the I's crossed and the T's dotted. And as we're doing that, I think we should offer you a special blessing of Bahamut, Fleeple. Can you hmm? bless this young man for just the amazing job he's done in delivering these items for us and giving us power to fight this cult? Oh. This is like a, I, I just, I'm just a messenger, you know. No, no, you're much more than that. You are helping the cause here, young man. And I'll pat him on the shoulder and wink at Fleeple, and I'll go over to the table behind us. And as Fleeple hopefully is giving him this blessing, I'm gonna try and take that bag. The bag that he has. He took all that stuff out of. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So I guess uh, I look through my spells that I have prepared and bless is not one of them. Uh, but I guess, so what I do is I pull out one of my sprigs of mistletoe with my ritual of mistletoe and I, uh, use my bonus action to activate my song of the solstice. And I cast a level one heroism spell on him. Oh, as you wave the uh, mistletoe in front of him, he goes, Oh, careful, I'm allergic. I don't get out in nature very much. I, oh, don't oh. worry. After this, you'll be able to go out and see the plants and the trees and the birds and oh. be all brave about it, you know? And as the heroism takes takes a hol- takes hold, he goes, Oh, oh, oh my. What a change. He that- went through puberty. <laughs> I feel... <laughs> I feel strong. I feel powerful here. My goodness. Yes, All yes. Of you. Bahamut Troth. Bahamut Troth indeed. Lance, you can roll a sleight of hand with advantage. Oh, snap. There you go, Fleeple. There you go. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. An accessory to pickpocketing. Well, we were at least not accessory to mail fraud. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Lance didn't say to Fleeple, "Hey, I'm gonna steal this kid's stuff. You should distract him." So I'm just, bl- I'm just blessing this child out of the goodness of my heart. That's twenty-five. Twenty-five. As he goes, do all of you feel this all the time? Do you feel just this, this power, this strength? All of you, uh, you gingerly pick up the bag and place it in your pocket to counterweight it. Just because I'm just gonna try and. Just to make sure he doesn't notice a bag is missing, I'm going to loop another bag in there, and I'm going to have 20 gold in it. Okay. Sounds good. Well, fantastic. This is... I I feel like I could do anything now. I feel like I can... Yes. Indeed. And he looks over to you, Lance, and uh, he grabs the paper yes. out of you. Oh, Thank uh, you all. You Jenny Craig, here I come. And he just walks out the front door back to uh, the library. And that's probably about when the one minute duration of the spell 
ends. <laughs> oh. Yeah. As he leaves the tavern, I feel like I can do anything. We can go to the, the roof and I can get my favorite books. And uh, he doesn't notice the change, though, and he just, he just walks off back through the emerald doors of much confider gentlemen than you than you saw him come in oh so, bless this child you've done you've done some good in the world jank squad mal it's very funny as you are just sloshing drunk right now it's a very funny situation uh, only positive things came of that interaction i'm sure <laughs> only things that only will help pos- us fleeple i'm sure well, to wrap a, a few things up, uh, some loose ends we had is uh, the tax blade was the big kicker from last session that we needed to hear back from. Is that right? Yes. I believe so. And I would like to find out what this bag is that I now have. Thomas vividly described ma- like it being kind of magical. Getting in touch with, uh, and we'll, we'll get to that, Jacob, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, but get, getting in touch with um, the head of the illusory uh, illusion. Uh, he interacts with you and he... Uh, as you meet with the illusory illusion, Tewin goes, Well, I have some excellent news, uh, young Fleeple here. Uh, there's the tax blade that you brought before me. I was able to get in touch with uh, one of the local um, temples that worshipped Joaquin. Uh, yes, Joaquin is a um, deity known as the Merchant's Friend, Liberty's Maiden, and possibly the Golden Lady. Well, this happens to be a lesser holy item for them. You see, um, this uh, tax blade is one where uh, it could benefit paladins or benefit uh, clerics on their journey as they bring about order and um, protecting merchants and things like that. And so I was able to procure a very reasonable sum for this uh, of uh, 12,000 gold pieces for this tax blade, it being a very unique, very um, uh, holy item item for them, and they were very grateful, I must add, to have this item brought back to them as it had been lost for many years. No, not anybody knew where it went last it was with some sort of uh, adventurer, and it seems as you have done a great service for the temple. In fact, <clears throat> if you ever came back to Waterdeep, or if you came up this way, they would like to invite you personally uh, to uh, a ceremony in your honor to restore this holy relic to their um, quarters. Yes. And Fleeple, while this guy has been talking, it's been kind of like, what 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 12,000 gold pieces what 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 and so he's a little flabbergasted as the guy gets to the end of the statement it's just like oh well, yes yes of course wonderful yes thank you and so I believe um, we could definitely use some of this uh, to procure the item that you uh, inquired about previously uh, if, if you are still interested in that that is very 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 yes excellent sounds good well um uh, well here you are and uh, what was it again? Sorry. The Moonsickle and the Amulet of Health. Well, excellent. Yes, you have the Amulet of Health, and I hope it brings you um, good fortune and protection in uh, your time of need as you adventure off uh, across the country. Oh, yes. Thank you kindly. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, well, I'll, I'll be off now. Uh, but um, would, would you like me to hold on to the rest of the gold, or would you would you like to... Uh, have it on your person. I feel like if I don't have you give it to me, then one of my friends is going to be very upset with me. Yes, I will. Of course, of course. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, and as you uh, look at the little saucer, just like 
crap ton of gold. And he goes, well, I made it a little bit simpler. I used mostly platinum, if that's all right with you. Um, gold, and I wouldn't want to pay you in coppers. Is that right? <laughs> I, I'm all about that platinum, you might say. And I hold up my symbol for Bahamut. Oh, a funny joke. Ah, well done. Oh, well, oh, oh, f- please come back. If you are in Waterdeep, please come come visit me at the Illusory Illusion. I would greatly enjoy your company, uh, you, my young platinum friend. <laughs> platinum. All right, potential adventure tie-in with Dragon Heist. Malamara, while the three days are going on, the couple days, you are back and forth between your room. You're back and forth between the your room and the tavern, the main area for food, um, relieving yourself. It's a couple. It's a rough couple of days. How are you coping with this? Mostly, Malamar has spent her days when not doing actions that require motion, laying flat on her back on her bed, with her sword just like in her hands and like on her chest, and just a swirl of emotion she doesn't really know how to work through, and how to deal with that range from shame, anger, a feeling of call to action, like she wants to go out and do something, but the pressure of not knowing what to do to go forward, keeping her in bed. And so she has this range of, I want to get up and go, and I just can't make myself. And so even though Lance and Fleeple have come by, have gone in and out, the only time that she has gotten anywhere has been this morning to go downstairs and just start nursing on some drink when the the child came and found us and so while Lance and Filippo went off to go deal with whatever's going on with the tax blade that she doesn't know about she's just still hanging out at the table probably still nursing the same drink excellent I would say also with Lance noticing that I I think like he would because it's been about you said we were here for a couple days I think every day like for a couple hours Lance would like come in and like sit by Mal as she's just laying there and like he want he I think he can see like she's going through some crack but he doesn't know how to breach it so he's like doing the worst small talk ever like so they have bluebirds here um I saw like five today (laughs) like just terrible small talk like but he's he, he doesn't, he, he sees that Mal's going through something and he doesn't want to leave her alone for too long. So he always is like checking in every like, maybe like two or three times a day just to make sure. And Mal appreciates the effort. She doesn't ignore him. She'll, she'll awkwardly small talk back. But again, a few lines and kind of dies off and sits in awkward silence. During one of those times, Malamara, it's sweet of Lance and it's sweet of Fleeple to care. It's sweet of him to help you, but... It's just, they don't get it. They don't understand what you're going through. They just, how could they? How could they understand exactly what you did, what you are doing, and what you've been through? And as you go through those feelings, you feel a warm hand on your left shoulder as it just grips you. Not softly, but firmly. And you hear in your ears, they can never know what you're going through, Malamara. But I do, as I was there, and I gifted this to you. 
as he gestures towards the sword at your side. And something to help you a little bit further. He reaches down and touches the cloth of the sword. But as he touches it, you feel the sword change slightly. The physical appearance of it doesn't change, but you hold it, you grasp it, and it feels... It almost feels lighter, but something has changed significantly. And as you're pondering this, he continues. As you continue to help me, I will keep helping you. Just remember that. And as you look over your left shoulder, he's gone. You don't feel anything on your left shoulder anymore. But, mechanically, Mal, your sword is now a plus one magic sword. Mm-hmm. Bless you. <laughs> and that happened during one of our talks, you said, Thomas? Not, not while you were near. No, you, that's, that was when she was by herself. Gotcha. And at that point, I plop down on the table across with a big tray full of ales and... The orangeness of my scales is a little more vivid. My eyes are a little brighter green. My wrinkles are a little less saggy. And I just pound an entire ale. And I'm like, ever since I started wearing this necklace, I feel amazing. You're looking, you're looking younger. You're looking vibrant. Yes, whereas yesterday I might usually kind of estimate my well-being on a scale of 1 to 34, I feel like more of a 1 to 58 all of a sudden. 1 to 58? That's... Oh my I'm, goodness! I'm usually feeling like in the 40s myself. That's crazy. Oh, that, that is crazy. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta drink what you're drinking. <laughs> 58! Wow! Yeah. My constitution went from 10 to 19. So... Holy crap. Hearing this lively banter... And having having or uh, two just in her head, Mal stands up and knocks her drink over and just oh. huffs out of the room. Maybe she wanted the necklace. Was that what this was about? She got jealous. Well, I was of it. about to ask her if she wanted that potion with the nasty toenail in it because it would make her stronger for a bit. Oh, that's true. And she she does have some pretty nasty toenails herself. The potion of longevity is even grosser. There's weird stuff in there. <laughs> Yeah, it is. There is. I've been thinking about that potion of longevity myself. People have a tendency to call me Young Fleeple, and I'm wondering, should I just, like, drink the potion so I don't have to correct people anymore? <laughs> I call you Young Fleeple? No, there's this this omnipotent voice who seems to control what everybody around us says, and very frequently I'm referred to as Young Fleeple, where I'm, I'm 74 years old, you know. My voice, you know, can only be right so many times. <laughs> you hear a, a guy in the corner with a hood. Ah, come on! <laughs> it's that kid again. Don't taunt the DM. <laughs> so I was thinking, of the items that we got from killing the beholder, or giving them the beholder, uh, I'm not sure what to do with the instrument. The sentinel shield? Do you have a shield? I forgot. Does Fleeple have a shield? Yeah, Fleeple uses a wooden shield. There's this interesting thing with druids, though, where it's like the handbook says you only use armor and shields if they're not made out of metal. That's right. Mm -hmm. Is the sentinel shield made out of metal? Yes. Yes, it is. 
Okay, so the bard instrument, I'm not sure what to do with. The sentinel shield, I'm not sure what to do with. The short sword, I have a short sword. So that fits into my repertoire pretty well, unless somebody else wanted that. Which I'm totally fine with, because I got this cool dagger too. Which I looked up the dagger, by the way, and it supplies its own poison venom. So it actually mm, isn't. That's cool. It actually is, because you like that's activate cool. it, and it lasts for a minute, so... Um, but like, and then you have to do like the short rest thing, but it, but it, it actually activates its own thing. So the short sword fits into my repertoire a little bit, but I'm open. Yeah, I'm good with you having the potion of longevity just so that that voice can go away a little bit. I was thinking the stone. I was thinking we bought a bunch of cool things from the person from Waterdeep. I was wondering if we should give that to Malamara. Yes, and I've noticed that Mal... I'm not entirely sure where her magic comes from, but she's not able to cast as many spells as I am before she has to take a rest. So Doesn't it might it come be from valuable. The demon? Didn't we yeah. kind of learn oh, that? Oh, that's right. Yes. yes. I oh, demons. Yes. Yeah. Well, maybe if we give her this rock to float around her head, she can cast a few more spells without having to take a rest as quickly, and maybe they won't be demon spells. Oh. Oh, do you think the more she casts the spells, the more she gets closer to the demon? Uh, I don't want to think about that right now. Oh, but, no. but uh, Well, I am thinking about it right now is the thing. Well, in any case, it would certainly be a, an act of goodwill if we were to offer her this fancy triangular prism stone and also this toenail potion. True, 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 true. How about... I don't know. She seemed in a huff right now. I feel like, I feel like she's been... Well, obviously, she's going through a lot, but I don't know. I think I should go talk to her, or would you like to come with me to talk to her? Um, whichever you prefer, I suppose. I'm, I'm good with either. Let's let's go together. Party united. All right, I think she went this way. <laughs> I follow Mal, or we follow Mal. Excellent. So Mal being, I assume, just in the bedroom, and you go up there, and they... Open the door, Mal, and it's uh, it's blinding the light from the 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 room. And uh, Fleeple's scales are more shimmery, which is quite annoying. I just see me and Fleeple's head, Fleeple below me, me above, peeking in, just both at the same time. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, buddy, how are you? You holding up? How we do? We gonna get some clothes got, on today? Got you a peanut butter sandwich. <laughs> Trying to remember, is it is it Arrested Development, where it's like the "Hey, brother" and like the hands? <laughs> it on is, the yeah. It's um, oh yeah, "Hey, brother." He he does that. He goes, "Hey, campers." Oh, uh, that's Arrested Development for sure. So Mal, it's uh, annoyingly kind, but they they walk into the room and yeah, you're all together. So, um, I saw another bluebird today um let's you know let, no okay we're just gonna get to it um so Malamara we had if you remember from your alcoholic binge we had that young messenger come in and give us a bunch of items do you remember do you remember that she's just staring up at the ceiling yeah we were I look up to see if there's anything there okay um we were thinking that it would be it would be wise to give you, because you're kind of the the main force of strength in our brigade here, the potion of stone giant strength. Maybe give you an edge if we find ourselves 
needing that. And Fleeple and I, we, we have a confession to make. We went shopping and we got a lot of stuff for us, but we didn't get a lot meaning anything for you. So we felt kind of bad about that. And we thought you would appreciate this. And I pull out the Ion Stone. Mel will sit up straight up at the on the bed and look at it. Really? I thought for sure Fleepo would want that. Oh, well, I'm already attuned to a couple of things over here, so I figure it's good to leave my final slot open just in case, you know? Uh, Mal will reach out her hands in a cup shape for the stone. And, I mean, it, it figures anyway. That As you drop it into her hand, it just floats in, like, this circle. It seems to be floating just a few inches above her. Like... You can touch it if you really try, but if you if left unchecked, it just slowly rotates around one of her hands. Yeah, we, um... I mean, we figured anyway that Fleeple has, I mean, some amazing things up his sleeve, and figuratively, and I'm the sneaky one from the shadows, but you're like, I mean, whenever we're fighting, you come up with these crazy things that just annihilate the whole room, and and the Iron Stone already has a, a spell that apparently I was very, very misinformed about, that it does a very similar thing. So, I don't know, we felt it would be best in your hands, or head, or not in your head, circling your... You, you, you thank can have you. It. Thanks, Lance. I thank you. Sorry. Sorry about my outburst earlier. I just... I'm just not feeling super well right now, but um, but thanks for the, the stone. It did spill all over me. That's true. I apologize. Thanks, Lance. As she takes a big breath in. Sorry. Trying to deal with that. Can I also hold on to that dog statue? Would that be okay? Certainly. Yeah, of course. We give her the dog statue. Uh, as she she looks it over in the light and looks at the all the different markings and looks at the shape of the the mastiff sitting in a, a prim and proper position for a dog. Yes, and as you're holding on to it, you hear a different voice in your head going, "Oh hey, yeah, can't wait to um, serve you and help you out. Yeah, this is gonna be fun. It's me, it's the dog. Hello." Did not know the dog was in a community. <laughs> the dog is in a community production of Steel Magnolias. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna go for a nap and nap right now. Just want to introduce myself. Uh, just let me know. Okay, bye. And it just goes quiet. Mal looks from the dog, looks up at her companions. Did you guys hear that too? Yeah. No, just me? Great. Perfect. Mal's hearing a bunch of stuff <laughs> lately. <laughs> I mean... Is it... Is, um, no, did not hear anything. Is it your... Is it your friend? No. She'll just take the Onyx dog and put it in her pouch at her belt. It's it's nothing. It'll It's fine. Uh, Fleetball, did we, did we hear from Leosin? Did we ever hear back from from him she's just trying to shake off this <laughs> no we haven't heard back from him yet i've just been waiting i there's 
Ironically, at this exact moment, a knock on the door. <laughs> what ho? Oh, hello, Shank oh, Squall. Oh, I was hoping it would be Leosin for a second. I'm going to kill there. that guy in his sleep. Oh, well. well, I have. I have uh, some news for you that Leosin will be coming and I think he said 30 minutes. But I got the message 25 minutes ago. So, if I do my math right, he will be here in... Five... Probably four minutes now. So by the time you're done talking, okay. So... Just meet him downstairs in one of the rooms. I'll point you to it. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. And she slowly just pokes her head back out the door as she shuts it so slowly. I just imagine this was like the door wasn't even open. She was just talking to the door. (laughs) 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 We're just hearing this voice. (laughs) And like the bye is her like just backing out of the hallway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, great. Um, That's great. Maramara, do you do you need anything from us? We just want to make sure you're okay. Malamara hears that echo of Urtu in her mind. They can never know what you're going through, Malamara. But I do. Rings through her mind. And she just shakes her head. No, we should just we should just go find Leosin and um, move on. Okay. I'll just look at Fleeple, kind of like awkwardly. Kind of like, an, um, I guess that's what we're doing. Well, if... If you find yourself in need of an extra little kick, and I pull out the potion of longevity, and I'm like, I mean, the thrill of youth does a lot for some, I, I hear, you know? Flippo, how old do you think that I am? I honestly have no idea. <laughs> I think that will do more in your hands than mine. Mm, okay, and I just like pop the top and I swig it down. Wait, how- <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> no, I didn't mean right. All right, we're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> One day, six plus six oh, years. Oh, gonna go meet Leosin. Boom. All right. So. Yep. Oh, if you die, Ned, so help me. Roll me a D one hundred, please. Yes. So, from what I'm seeing here, is each time you subsequently drink a potion of longevity, there's a ten percent chance. Nope, you are totally right. Okay, so the first time you're good. Yeah, first, first time's the house. free. All right, so. Okay, roll a d6, Ned. Here we go. That's a four plus six. So I am now 64 years old, just like the Beatles say. There you go, when I get older. Oh, look at that. I'm one year away from retirement. So as, as Fleeple just goes, well, all right. Uh, he's, he pops the potion back and there's some weird stuff in it. I mean, you see, there's like a little tiny heart beating inside of it. And, um, the fluid is like yellow. It's, it's in your, and you go like, no, 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 no. But it's already down the hatch. Fleeple just, ah. and as you look at Fleeple, he's, his appearance has already changed slightly, uh, from his 
pendant that he had, uh, his constitution being so so much greater. But as you see, he his whole body goes through like a it's a small transformation, but it is a transformation nonetheless. You see like his scales get more red and a little bit redder, a little bit more vibrant, not by much. Um, you see like his back, he like stands up straighter. His back isn't as hunched um, and he's got, got some a better posture. He, he's feeling at his, uh, his mouth and a couple fangs start to like poke through from the gums that had fallen out previously. Um, but the most obvious thing is all of the scales on the outside just in one fell swoop go and they just kind of slightly explode off of him as, a, as it's like a layer of shedding the old skin so the bright, vibrant new scales can come forth. And so you see a bunch of these like wispy scales fall to the ground as Fleeple has a brand new coat of scales on and is looking not young necessarily, but definitely not feeble and not old. And Fleeple, you're like, you're feeling great. I don't think I've felt quite this good in about a decade. Wait, how how old are you, Fleeple? Well, I used to be 74, and now I'm 64, so I'm one year away from retirement, which means we have to get this whole thing taken care of pretty quick. Wow. Wait, Mal, how old are you? Ooh, ooh, dare you ask. In human years, would be 25. Which is also, you know, the same in orc years. This is 25. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. While we're at it, Mal, how much do you weigh? <laughs> <laughs> I, was just wondering, I was just wondering the age of the party. That was all. Mal hits Fleeple and he loses several hit points. <laughs> he ages a couple more years. Yeah, he ages back. <laughs> oh, no. My back. It went out when I was 64. <laughs> Well, now I can't help wondering how old Mr. Lance over here is. Oh, you know, elves have a different time span than other races. But you still so... count in years, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, uh, I mean, I don't. I'm 103. Oh, maybe we should have given you the potion. <laughs> well, in terms of an elf, that's that's basically like I've just reached adulthood, so. Mm. So we were getting a bit more bang for the buck having me drink it instead of you. Yes, yes, very true. So with you just reaching adulthood, have, should you have been drinking all that? Are you legal? Do, do I, elves have I a legal <laughs> drinking age? Well, uh, are you at the legal age? I have my, I have my, I have my card. I have my elf drinking card. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes, I. Well, it's weird. When you get to taverns, they, most taverns only count in terms of, like, a human lifespan. So even when I was almost like a child, they were still taking me. There's a knock at the door. Oh, goodness. And listen. Um, yes, hello. Um, I believe... Uh, uh, are you all in there? Ah, yes, of course. We've got a private room in here. Come join us. Oh, yes. Good, good, good. Um, he pops his head in. Would you like to have a meeting up here instead? Whatever is preferable for you, I'm easy. Ah, uh, well, perhaps um, we could have it down in our, our private chamber that we rented out. Um, my compatriot, uh, my 
my friend is already uh, down there and has been working his way through um, some venison and would be really inconvenient to bring it up here. So uh, perhaps uh, we could meet him down there. Would that be all right? That works sure. for me. I, I, would, I would personally say up here, but because just a Fleeple and his, you know, popping out knees of how his age, but now Fleeple can go up and down the stairs with ease. Yeah, I, I hop onto the banister and I start sliding down. <laughs> Yeah, 64 and, you know, young. So as you go downstairs to the private room, which Leosin has rented out, it's actually right next to the illusory illusion door, but it's the only thing that distinguishes it apart is this one doesn't have a sign. It's just a blank door. And as you open it up, there's a average table with a big burly man sitting behind it. This is a human man who has a bald head and a very long reddish beard he is just devouring this plate that is before him and he is quite large he's actually in full plate armor currently and he has a massive long sword attached at his hip his helm is on the table next to him and his helm has a distinct impression with a gauntleted fist with palm outward, four fingers up and the thumb tucked in. This man is very boisterous, very loud, and he goes, <laughs> Leoson, I was afraid I was going to have to order another plate. Your friends took so long. Come in, come in, of course, of course, come on in, everybody. Uh, is anybody trained or proficient in the history skill? I am not. I'm not. I did. Oh, I was last session, but not now. Okay. Uh, what uh, skill are you proficient in this session, Jacob? Oh, sorry. Uh, persuasion. Persuasion. Sounds good. And uh, Fleeple, any uh, proficiency in history? I have no proficiency in history, I'm afraid. Okay. So with that... You come on in, the door is shut behind you, and Leosin walks to the, to the side of the table. There are chairs for all of you, but Leosin has decided to stand. If all of you go to a seat near this individual, he, this newcomer stands up, being very large, uh, a little bit overweight, a little bit, a little bit plump, if you will, but very, just grins from ear to ear and hands out a gauntleted fist to each, uh, hand to each of you and goes... The name is Anthar Froom. Pleasure to meet all of you. Leoson has told me much about you, and he goes to shake each of your hands across the table. Yes, he told me of uh, all of your exploits and all of your uh, adventures up to this point. <laughs> they quite remind myself in my young days, if you don't mind me reminiscing. But, of course, we're not here to talk about my glory days, if you will. Because they're still ahead of me. <laughs> oh, oh! But seriously, let's get let's talk. Let's let's get down to business. If if that's all right with everybody. Yeah. When he goes to shake my hand, I try and do that thing where I shake like a little harder than you should be shaking in a handshake, just to like assert my youth. Oh, okay. And he goes, oh, yes. And he grips even harder and just <laughs> and starts to like squeeze your hand. <laughs> he goes, you've got some bones on you. I can see a little unusual for a kobold, but 
Then again, it's unusual to see a kobold in here at all. <laughs> you would have been able to see my bones a little bit better just earlier this morning, but... Oh, well, I'm not quite sure what that means, but good on you. At that, uh, Leo Sin sort of like, um, <clears throat> clears his throat. Um, yes, uh, thank you for, uh, Onthar, uh, thank you so much for making your way this direction, and, uh, I believe we have much to discuss with the five of us here. Um, if everybody would have a seat, I'll, I'll get right to it. Onthar is one of my closest allies in investigating, researching, um, thwarting, and stopping the Cult of the Dragon. When I speak of my organization, he's been one that has worked with me quite closely. And Onthar pipes in, although we aren't part of the same organization. Is that right, Leosin? Uh, yes, yes, of course. Although we're not part of the same sect organization necessarily, the Sword Coast and all of Faerun is starting to come together to understand the severity of this issue. You see, Onthar here is a member of uh, the Order of the Gauntlet. Like myself, not many in his organization have felt that the Cult of the Dragon have been quite a significant threat to Faerun, but we've been amassing knowledge, we've been amassing um, allies like yourself, and dare I say with the recent information that you have been able to uncover, we have been able to make some headway. Anthar pipes up. Yes, indeed. Uh, in Waterdeep itself, we have enough evidence to call a council of Waterdeep itself to get some of the uh, lords up there, to get some of the organization, some members of the Emerald Conclave. Um, indeed, it's been uh, quite a successful few weeks, months, uh, especially with the knowledge that you have brought forward to us. Uh, indeed, says Leosin. Uh, first, is there anything before I jump into what I wish to speak that you had questions for either one of us that we might be able to answer? And he looks eagerly to all three of you, uh, expecting uh, some sort of uh, discussion to ensue. Just real quick, you say your information has grown, obviously, with what we've provided. How, how known are we? Because I assumed we were only known by... Leosin here in Candlekeep. Oh, well, I share you with my closest allies. Onthor, obviously with the Harper organization, um, as I report back to them. Mainly speaking, spoken of Leeple here. And uh, the Jenks squad, as I put it. It's just easier instead of saying uh, Malamara, Fleeple, and uh, Lance, Lance Thalen, you know. So um, it's been it's been quite um, exciting, the movement and the uh, the... Yeah, momentum we've been getting within both of our organizations, really. Okay, um, good. Uh, yeah, just, uh, I would just stick with our, our party name. You don't need to spread all the names around everywhere. Oh, yes, it, it would be easier, far easier to describe <laughs> the Jack Squad. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Um, <laughs> yes. Les just looks very nervous at this idea. <laughs> Uh, yes, uh, any other questions before uh, we dive right in uh, here, so to speak? Fable, you're about to like... Uh, he goes, excellent. So, uh, first off, um, the information that you've provided us, uh, the eggs in particular, those eggs, we've suspended them. 
They have not progressed. They have not digressed. We are suspending their hatching for the time being until we can go to the council in Waterdeep to describe our findings here. Um, that should be in hopefully a few months if things run as quickly as we are hoping they are to run. It takes a while from everybody, from every organization to make their way up there. <laughs> yes, uh, Anthar pipes in. Uh, and it, it takes a while for them, the Lord's Alliance in particular, to pull them away from their coffers. <laughs> Isn't that right, Leos? <laughs> and he smacks the, ba- the back of Leos and Leos says, ah, ah, yes, um, as he winces at the pain of the hand getting just bruising his arm pretty much. Ah, yes, indeed. Well, as I say, you've done amazing service and the first things that we want to discuss we actually there are two big questions that we wanted to discuss with you and see if we could figure out why they are doing what they are doing the first one what the heck are they doing robbing all of the villages in the surrounding areas greenness he told leoson he told me about greenness to how he purposely, does air quotes, got himself captured by the cult. <laughs> of course, I didn't buy that for a minute. But why Why are they robbing all of these people? It seems that it's definitely against their agenda. Um, that's the biggest, biggest question that we've got. One of the biggest questions that we have. Leoson piping up. Yes, and you, all of you said you found treasure in the cave itself? Well, yes, that's part of the whole shtick with dragons, is they try to build up hordes. I wouldn't be surprised if these members of the cults were going around robbing people, trying to make an offering to gain favor with the dragons. And we found we found remnants of a treasure, like a room that looked like it had been like a treasure room. But by the time we got there, it had been like excavated and picked clean. Yes, like very specifically this this idea that there could have been a lot of treasure there that we could have gotten if we'd just been there a little bit earlier. Yep. Yes, yes. Yes. That's it. That's that's the one. Where did they move it? Why did they move it? Where's it going to? These are the things that we need to find out a little bit more so that we can have more evidence, more substantial information for the council in Waterdeep uh, when we all go there. Uh, do you happen to uh, do you have any information on this? Uh, uh, from from what uh, uh, have you been thinking about this at all? Um, like I said, we're we're all here to sort of brainstorm a little bit. I love the idea of them offering gold to dragons. I don't love that idea. I hate that idea. That's a scary <laughs> idea. <laughs> oh well, you, I I don't love them. Obviously, giving gold. To, I, that's a viable option in my. It, not for. Us. I don't think it's a good option. I don't think we should we should ever encourage that option. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> so uh, I haven't really thought about it. All honesty, I didn't even know that was an avenue of pursuit. Fleeple, Malamara, do you have any thoughts? Mal is just sitting in her chair, kind of scratching at the wood table, barely listening to this conversation. <laughs> Mickey, you're giving me flashbacks to teaching students. Stop doing that. <laughs> 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 to middle school. To middle. <laughs> What, what do you think about this? Whatever. <laughs> well, Fleeple himself is having flashbacks to his little conversation that he had with Terry Ann before leaving the book. And the distinction of, like, the thing that made all the difference for Fleeple is when he decided not to give in to his greed and to give in to his hunger. And... He's starting to kind of come to this sort of this personal realization of that is what 
empowers Tiamat and everything that she's trying to do. Greed, hunger, bringing that all together. And so with all this going through his mind, he is trying to figure out exactly what to say. He's just kind of like, well, I think they're trying to gather in as much as they can because that is Tiamat's nature. She tries to bring in as much as she possibly can get. It could be possible that all of this accumulation of wealth could be an attempt to accumulate power for Tiamat. Anthar, he strokes his red beard. Yes, yes, hmm, excellent thought, an excellent idea. Of course, Tiamat is at everything that drives them. Tiamat pretty much rules them. If they were any sort of way that they could expand their power, expand their greed, well, you have to have money to get more money. That means you have to have more power to have more power. It's just the biggest question that we've had regarding this money is that they don't seem to be spending it how we expect them to. Obviously, they have expenses, but they've, from what Leoson and I have been able to uncover going and visiting these places that have been attacked, they've acquired enough to raise a small army from what we've been able to gather. But where is that army? Where are they? Well, I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not... I don't have the answer to that question. I just know I, whenever there's a problem, I try and look at the end goal and work my way backwards. And we know the end goal of the cult from the letters we recovered and from the talking in the camp was to raise or unleash or get Tiamat back somehow. And I guess that would be my question next is how do you go about bringing a god back from... Is Tiamat banished? Is that the whole thing again? I forgot. As you ask that, Anthar goes, Yes, indeed. Uh, Tiamat is banished to one of the first degrees of, uh, actually, to Avernus. They are there, and that is uh, one of the nine hells where she has been trapped in eternal torment, where Bahamut was able to trap her. And she's been trying to make her way back ever since. I guess that would be my question, then, is how does one go about bringing Tiamat back from banishment. And is this something to do with the treasure? Or? Yeah, Anthar slams his hand on the table and points at you with one finger. That is the question indeed, my friend. That is the question. Could the wealth be tied to that? Or is the wealth a means to bring back Tiamat herself? Well, a way that we might be able to find some answers... When we raided Mondath's belongings, we found some letters that she'd been writing to Resmir. One of them was kind of a complaint, wondering how are we supposed to securely send all of this treasure to you without raising suspicion? So the treasure went to Resmir. Or at least attempted to, yeah. Uh, and Leosa pipes up. Excellent point, Fleeple. Yes, excellent. This money had to be transported to Resmir, the worm speaker. So not only is it going to the minor operations, this is going directly to the second, third, fourth. This is going to high command, so to speak. This treasure is a lot more than just a means to an end, I believe. I believe it is key, but I can't figure out why exactly it is. Isn't there, I mean, that's a whole freaking lot of treasure from what we could ascertain from that room. It is. Can't, it that is. Should be, it's a ton of treasure. Shouldn't that be easy to track? Like, oh, this huge wagon full of treasures passed by. Like, do we have contacts anywhere that can track that stuff? And Anthar pipes in at this point and goes, 
Listen, I like this one here. You are thinking exactly what me and my order are doing. We can track at least this most recent shipment. Now, some of them, we were unaware of where they were going and we couldn't, we didn't have as much information, but with Leosin and with you knowing exactly where that treasure was stored and being able to track its location, we have an idea that it is currently on the way to Baldur's Gate, just north of here. And I believe... From what I've been able to gather, they're going to follow the highway up the Sword Coast. How far north? We're uncertain. We don't know exactly where they're going to stop. But we do have a lead in this direction. To answer your question, partially, yes. One of the reasons which we wish to speak with you today. And Leosin pipes up. The other reason is what you've brought up as well. How to bring back Tiamat. It's a fairly large question that needs to be answered as he looks a little overwhelmed by uh, the perplexity of that question. But even if we can't figure out the answer to that question, I believe there is something that we can have answered that is a little bit smaller than that, but still vitally important. To that, he looks at you, Fleeple. You and I, and really all of you, and he points to you, Mal, and points to you, Lance. We all are aware of these masks. I... In one of the large, far most experts on the Court of the Dragon. And until you brought this information to me, I have never heard of a mask associated with the Court of the Dragon. Ever. And I've been through Candlekeep's main records. I've looked everything that I could up in those records and scoured through them. I shared with you, with you last time. They mainly were on the eastern part of the Honorok Desert and the Onorok Expanse, and they were, they had some close associations with the red, the Thay wizards, the redded wizards over there. But their main goal was to bring about Dragoliches. No word about a mask up to this point. And this is one thing, I think if we could find out this information, this being a, a break from the cult's usual MO, this and the amassing of treasure, I feel are two great avenues for us to explore and for us to truly find out how we can move forward to thwart the Cult of the Dragon. <laughs> well, we went knocking on Mondath's door. Maybe we go knocking on Resmir's door. Well, um, we don't know where that door is, unfortunately. But if we can find Resmir, we can make that happen. Here is what I propose. There are two main questions we need answered over the next few months. Following the the caravan route up the Sword Coast can take quite a while. I mean, it could take um, a few months, really, if, if we go by normal trade routes. And if we were to follow the money, so to speak, and figure out where it would stop and where it would be unloaded, it could take us quite a while. We don't know if it could go to the spine of the world, for as far as we know. Um, Malamara, you're, you're far familiar, more familiar with that journey than I am. And, uh, I mean, that could take months and months. It does. Believe me. Exactly. And caravan is one of the most convenient ways for people to travel up the Sword Coast, especially if they have a little muscle on them. Here's what I propose and what we could use help with. We have enough resources to answer one of these two questions, possibly. First situation. We need to follow the money to go up the caravan route and follow where it is going to be unloaded. How long that's going to be, it could take quite a while, but it would require some amount of stealth, or stealth in uh, plain sight, so to speak. 
if we could find somehow somehow where Resmir is hiding, that's where we knock on that door, as Fleeple uh, said. The other issue is to figure out what these masks are, where they came from, wh- what is their importance, if any, in the Cult of the Dragon. Anthar and I, we have enough resources to track down one of these two leads, but we need your help to do the other of the two leads. And Anthar pops, pipes in, which is why we've brought you here today. We wanted to ask you, which of the two leads would you like to follow? Would you like to investigate how the mask, what these masks have in the Court of the Dragon, or would you like to follow the money on the caravan and see where you can find Resmeries? Well, one of them seems a lot more concrete to me. Uh, about that, if I may. And with this, Leosin, he um, he had sat during some point of this conversation being excitedly. This one, he hesitates, but he does stand up slightly. You are correct. In a way, I've scoured all of the known books of Candlekeep. But I think I have an idea where the information of these masks might be. It's just difficult to get to, he's all. Candlekeep has been around for centuries, as you may be aware of, and it has amassed scores and scores of books. These books have all been original works that you might not find elsewhere in the world. And with these books, they had to be stored somewhere, which, as you can see now, has partially been done by creating all of these towers you see here. And he points out the window, um, and you can see a lot of these towers being haphazardly different colors, different sizes, but nonetheless, they're just sprouting out of the ground, so to speak. Well, uh, these towers to be honest, are somewhat recent additions to Candlekeep itself. Originally, Candlekeep had planned to store their books below the ground, in a vast array of connecting caves and caverns. That way, if they were attacked or infiltrated, they could seal off their knowledge by collapsing a few tunnels and protect it for a time until they could get reinforcements. Unfortunately, these tunnels and caves have not been used for a good couple hundred years, as they now are inhabited by a dragon. Oh, stop. Dog. Um, a, <laughs> a dragon who, well, it's it's a little bit confusing. It's it's this dragon was not. It's not. They're not inhabiting it by choice. They were accidentally bound to Candle Keep until the end of time. The dragon is some somewhat of a spec. Long story short, a dragon attacked Candle Keep, was defeated, but instead of killing them, they punished the dragon and bound them to serve Candle Keep to protect it. Uh, for 20 years. After 15 years, the person who bound the dragon died unexpectedly, and the magic went awry, and the dragon has been bound to Candlekeep ever since then. That was um, quite a while ago, I would say probably a good 800 years, and uh, so when the dragon died, they became a specter ghost and claimed the lower levels to themselves. A ghost dragon. Um, So there's quite... uh, y- yes, it is a ghost dragon. Um, it, so there's quite a lot of knowledge down there that has not been able to be accessed because they now view that location as their own. They're fiercely loyal, though. Over the years, they have become fiercely loyal to Candlekeep, and they they might have misinterpreted their initial charge to prevent most anybody from going down there. I believe there were a few individuals, a few elves from some time ago, but... They moved on and did other things, and we have no idea where they are. But this Spectre Dragon is down in the basement, and I believe there is information down there that could be used, since it is thousands and thousands of years of information 
from long ago. I believe there could be some information about the Cult of the Dragon that could illuminate our situation here regarding these masks. How to bring back a god from the from Avernus. I believe it could be found there. But we just have to go down there and get it. So our two options are going to a place to fight a ghost dragon for information about masks or finding this caravan that's supposedly headed up the Sword Coast. Well, the dragon in the dungeon, maybe you won't have to fight them. The, the idea is just to get the information as quickly as possible. If you could find it and it's like right at the entrance, just grab it there and, and be gone. I mean, that'd be a very short episode. I, I feel like it would have to drag on for a lot longer than that. I mean, it could be exhilarating, really. You know, you can say, I've done things that nobody else has done. I've been in the caverns of Candlekeep and everyone give you like a sticker or I, a I, I don't know, a t-shirt. I'm just spitballing here. Um, <laughs> no one has gotten that I went to Candlekeep yet. and all I got was this stupid information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a ghost dragon and all I got was this t-shirt. It's quite a large uh, network of caves and caverns, though. So if you could find the information and bring it out without even encountering the dragon, it's a strong possibility, and I, I would do it myself. In fact, if you choose the other option, I will be the one to go down there myself and uh, get that information. We're just asking which you prefer do you, uh, of the two options here. Fleeple, what are you feeling? I'm actually kind of wondering, Mal, uh, you've been kind of down in the dumps a little bit. Do you feel <laughs> like staying here at Keep would be something you want to do? Is it too much of a big kerfuffle to go all the way up the Sword Coast, or would a trip be what the doctor ordered, as it were? She'll stop her scratching and actually consider the question for a moment. She's only been half participating in the conversation up till now anyway. I mean, we're already here. We've already faced a beholder, so how hard can a ghost dragon be? And That's then, a, it's a big if sentence. it doesn't turn out... <laughs> <laughs> And then if it doesn't work out, we could still go after the treasure. I mean, we're in Candlekeep. There has to be some kind of magic that can... What's the divination term? Scry on somebody or use some spell like locate object to find some treasure? Well, see, and I was thinking that if we're trying to track down a caravan, what better than having literally a person who's employed themselves as a caravan's guard? to track it. I do know my way around a caravan. So, if we want to fight the ghost dragon, we're already here. Or we can go on an adventure. I don't want to fight the ghost dragon. <laughs> <laughs> See, Lance, but, if you just, if you just say that... Well, no, but I don't, I'm, not, I'm not going to overrule the team here. I'm trying to do the team thing. Here's here's an idea. We leave it up to fate. A rule yeah. of law. Yeah. I, I applaud that idea. Ah, let's accelerate that. All fate right. Accelerated. That's a bad joke. <laughs> Should I roll a fate die or a regular die? A fate die, obviously. All right. So if it's a plus, then we go and find the caravan. If it's a minus, we stay and fight the dragon. If it's a blank, I roll again until we get one of the two that works. All right. That is a minus. Dragon. We're going to fight a ghost dragon. We're going to fight a... We don't know if we're going to fight a ghost dragon. It was very clearly stated... Yes, I want to strongly that that emphasize... That totally might not happen You might all. 
You, it's very possible you won't encounter the dragon. I, I know a lot of crazy stuff has happened to you, Jank Squad, but not everything has to be a battle or an encounter, so to speak, with a challenge rating. What? What am I saying? Uh, m- moving on. We can go down there, we'll give the ghost dragon some salami, and we'll make friends, and then he'll show us all of the books that we want. Uh, that is a good point. I mean, not about... Uh, not necessarily about the salami, but there were those that had befriended the dragon before, but they just... <laughs> they're gone, and we can't find them, so... Do you have any idea where this information would be down there? I do have a good idea. I'd, I'd like to compile my notes for you to take down so that you could have a full list. Uh, maybe color-coordinate it a little bit, uh, put the little uh, leaflets in there uh, that you could use yeah, to e- expedite. I will preface the cavern's are quite extensive and I don't know if you will be down there it could be a few hours it could be days but nobody's been down there for at least 200 years so why don't we just take you we'll just take you with us and protect you from the dragon and then you can get all the information Matamara remember they have to go do the other thing that we rejected they said that I thought we we had resources for one of them well I thought they said that we pick one and they go do the other uh, it, we that uh, we would do that. Uh, uh, mm. Sorry, Mal. That's very hurtful. <laughs> well, we've got two strike teams. We've got two jobs. We do one, they do the other. We don't know how long it's going to take, but I think in good portion, how long we're down there will depend on if we find an NPC with a really cool voice that we want to bug for a while. A voice that probably we did not expect to come out of that NPC. excellent well I say we have our paths forward and we have um, a new direction last thing we wanted to and Lance Malamara this invitation goes to you but with what I've discussed with uh, Fleeple I wanted to first extend this to Fleeple and he comes over to you Fleeple um, and he has a coin and on the coin there is a image of a harp on it. Fleeple, you have been, dare I say, not only a brother in spirit, but a brother in ideas, ideals. If you desire, I wish to induct you a member of the Harper organization. Oh, like, uh, I've never been invited to join a club or anything before. Um, oh, this is a lot, lot bigger than just a club. There are quite a bit of responsibilities and quite a bit of uh, um, benefits that could be gained as you move forward with your objectives in life. But I feel, and by no means do you have to accept this, but you have proven yourselves to myself and to Anthar and to other members of our organization that this is deserved if you desire it. Benefits. I've always wanted a dental plan. I look to my friends and I'm like, I mean, I, I think it's pretty cool. Would you mind if I join this club here? Filippo, I, I could think of no one better than to join. All right. I turn to Leosin and I go in for a handshake. As you extend your hand towards him, he extends his hand towards you, clasps it. And this is the hand with the coin. And he flips your hand over. So he grabs, he shakes your hand, clasps his other hands on yours, and then he flips it over to where the coin is resting in your palm as he backs up. Well, Fleeple, welcome as the newest initiate 
of the Hopper organization. Well, it's a good thing we've got that lyre. Maybe I should learn how to play it now. And with that, we'll end this week's episode of iCast Fireball. Forget about Lance and Mal. Screw you. (laughs) Man, this is the most... This is the most change Fleeple has ever gone through in one day <laughs> one his entire episode? life. In 24 hours. <laughs> Constitution, bump up. Ten years younger. Join an organization. Fight a spectral dragon? <laughs> TBD. TBD indeed. So, what is the bag I got? Oh. Mm. Lance, that is a bag of holding. Hey. hey. That's right. That's yeah. right, I knew it. We got it. We no got adventuring it. party is complete without a bag of we holding. We got it. <laughs> and how fitting that it goes to the treasurer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sure is. Oh, all those magic items, randomly, randomly rolled, by the way. So, the Dragon Slayer short sword, randomly rolled. Potions, all of that. The Onyx Dog, all of that. I did that before the session so we could save a little bit on time. Um... I was pleasantly surprised with all the stuff that you guys got, and uh, who knows? Maybe we'll see somebody cast Fireball at some point. Maybe indeed. Thank you, everybody, for joining and listening to this week's episode of iCast Fireball. As always, we hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed playing, and from wherever you get your podcasts from, please leave us a review. It helps boost our ratings throughout each podcast service, puts our shows in other people's recommended feeds, and it lets us know that you like what we're doing. If you want to write something a little bit longer than a review, shoot us an email at iCastFireball2020 at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we're hoping to get the word out there and set this podcast on fire. Before we sign off on this week's episode, wanted to give a shout out to Kristen with Ember Glow Treasures. Kristen sent us an amazing shot. She does a ceramic pottery, uh, some ceramic art there, and she made a mug with the iCastFireball logo, and it looks incredible um with her permission we'll try to share that on our instagram uh, feed and our twitter account there and uh, facebook so you can all see it looks amazing go check her out she's got an instagram account ember glow treasures and see the amazing artwork that she's doing over there Kristen, thank you so much to get the most recent up-to-date content from all of us here please follow us on instagram and twitter with the handle icastfireball20 you can get possible sneak peeks of upcoming episodes interesting insights from the player and the dungeon master some homebrewed items that might be coming up in the near future and behind the scenes shots of us making this incredibly fun world as always, just want to give a quick shout out to our sister podcast, Improv Tabletop, where our resident Cobalt, who is now 10 years younger, Ned, takes a turn as a GM and runs through mini adventures using both the Fate Accelerated Tabletop System and the brand new Avatar Legends Tabletop System. This is something new that they're taking on. They've been doing for a little while, but it's a lot of fun. I highly recommend that you go listen to both type of campaigns. Lastly... Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your fellow friends and fellow wacky adventurers. But until next time, I'm Thomas, your DM, and around the table we have... Malamara. Lance Thalen. And Fleeple. Let's keep that fire going, and we'll see you all next time. <laughs>